Hey everyone, and welcome to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Tammy Munson, and I'm the producer for the podcast. Dr. Christine will be on vacation for the next couple of weeks. So again, we are sharing one of her favorite interviews from a past event. Now today, we are replaying another favorite interview from the Body Electric Summit. In this interview, Dr. Christine talks with Hilary Fay, where they discuss yogic wisdom for energy mastery. They take a deep dive into what it means to be energetically sensitive and how to keep your energy system strong, as well as all things yoga. Now, Hilary Fay is an inspirational and down-to-earth teacher whose passion for yoga and transformational arts overflows into all that she creates, including her classes, workshop, yoga teacher trainings, certifications, and online offerings through the Abundant Heart Institute. So without further ado, here is Dr. Christine's conversation with Hillary. Welcome, Hillary. I'm really excited to have this conversation. I know you and I met through a mutual friend, and I know that you have a lot of great wisdom to share with us today. And let's just dive in. And I know that you work with a lot of what we would call empathic or energetically sensitive individuals. And can you just explain a little bit more, you know, what that means and how that affects people interacting um, in the world? Of course. We're all to some level energetically sensitive because we're made of energy and everything's made of energy. And that's why this summit that you're doing right now is so important because how much energy is changing on the planet. Some people are more open, like there's almost like a spectrum of energetic sensitivity, which we all have a level of energetic sensitivity, but I find that some people are very energetically sensitive and other people kind of maybe put things in motion or sometimes even shut down aspects of themselves so they don't feel their sensitivity as much because it's not always easy to be on the planet feeling so sensitive. But when you are energetically sensitive and you have the right tools and practices in place, it's the best thing in the world. Like energetic sensitivity is a true gift. And what it really is, is intuition and being able to read information because science is now showing that in our energy fields, our electromagnetic energy fields, we're holding information, maybe thought forms, maybe emotional information. And that's why sometimes Say someone was to go to a really busy shopping mall, like in a rush before holiday season or something, you'd be picking up on all this rush, stress, anxiety. Are they going to like their present? Do I have enough money? Like all of this information in the energy fields. And then someone could maybe get a headache or just feel like I have to get out of this mall or um, maybe feel like they're like in a spin or a daze or something trying to get everything they want. So it can go both ways. Sometimes when we're in really crowded environments where every single person and everything's energy field is, is emitting information and emotions, but other times, like in a yoga class or a meditation class, or if you were on the pyramids of Giza meditating, or you were in Machu Picchu or some sacred site, 
you can also read that information. So it's like we're able to pick up on both. And that's what an energetically sensitive person is, someone who's tuned into, like attuned to the information and vibrations that are being admitted. But you can train yourself where that can feel like a really positive thing and make you feel more intuitive. But it's not always easy. I'm very energetically sensitive. And there's some things I just don't do anymore as an energetically sensitive person. Like, I don't ride the subway. I haven't in a few years. I live in a really big city. And when I first moved here, I would ride the subway and would try all the tools and breathing and everything. But I would still get a headache because like over a million people pass through this subway every day. And then I finally at a certain point was like, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. So it's knowing yourself using the tools, but then also like, okay, if I do have to go to the shopping mall, can I go to a, during a less busy time or something like that? So you're kind of putting things in place there for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it sounds that, you know, like you have this own personal experience with being energetically sensitive. And as you said, this can absolutely be a gift, but there's also tools so you can interact in the, you know, the current environment and in the world. And so what are some of the tools that you found that have helped you protect your energy and um, not, I guess, be as sensitive when you don't want to be? That's such a great question. There's a variety I work with. One is mantras where before I'm going into an environment, I'll say to myself, I only give and receive the purest, highest vibrations of love. And I set that intention and what science is now showing too, which it's so beautiful that science and yoga are finally like uniting in this way, a lot of what's been said for 2,500 years, but energy literally follows our intention. So whatever we're intending, the energy is going to follow that. So before I say, if I was going to go into Costco or the busy shopping mall or get on the crowded subway, I would say that to myself. I only give and receive the purest, highest vibrations of love and light. And then I feel that energetic intention move forward. Another amazing tool I learned from my alchemy teacher, Jim Self, is called the rose tool, where you use the image of a rose because a rose vibrates at such a high level and at such a high frequency that when you just imagine it, you can command that rose to act as an energetic buffer. Nothing can get through it that doesn't vibrate with your highest good. So I love using that tool as well. I have quite a few that I work with, but I find the ones that are the easiest and most potent are grounding and working with mantras. So sometimes too, when I get home, I'll either like maybe use a rose water spray or maybe Palo Santo or sage and smudge, burn it. And then I'll say, I release all that isn't mine, all that doesn't belong to me and return it to the source of its origin to be transmuted completely into the purest light and love. So it's like this, and you can say whatever you want to say, like I cleanse and clear my energy field, I cleanse and clear my body just as a way to kind of reset yourself, which I think is really important when you first get home, before you get too busy doing a million things, if you were, say, 
in the office in a corporate environment or running a bunch of errands or even like at a sporting event or just anywhere you're around a lot of people. Right when I get home, I reset my energy before I move about doing other things. And I find it really, really beneficial. Mm-hmm. You know, those are some really great tools. And if you're listening at home, things that you can immediately do and, you know, figure out what, which one resonates with you and just try it. Right. And I, I think probably a lot of this is trial and error and how you experience and how you feel the more that you do these things. And so obviously, you know, I mean, every probably time throughout history has its own challenges, right? And living in this modern time with all this wonderful technology and information, but there's a cost to that as too um, for our bodies and our minds. And you have talked about the yogic tradition actually talks about the time that we're living in and how it's a unique time. And there are these um, stresses, you know, that we are up against. Can you just share a little bit more of your understanding and what you've studied around this? Yes, I'd love to. And I totally agree with what you just said. Every time has its own set of challenges. I'm grateful to be in the time that we are in now. Like sometimes if you ever, I I know other times are beautiful too, but if you watch a movie like Europe hundreds of years ago and it's the Black Plague and like you just see the environment and circumstances, it's like in a lot of ways, we are in a really blessed time, but this time has been kind of foreshadowed for so many years and the yogis knew it was coming and it's the age of Aquarius that we're now in where we shifted from I believe around 2000 years in the Piscean age to the age of Aquarius and the age of Aquarius is the age of awareness of information and action and the yogis knew that Yogic science, yogic technology, which is really the power of the breath, the power of meditation, the power of mantra, deep relaxation, and postures and maneuvers as well, were going to be a very powerful remedy that people would need in this day and age where we're literally on energy and information overload, where Wi-Fi is everywhere now where you can Google anything and you're getting emails about this and tweets about this like it's so much that the real intention of this time where it was said that some people would be not some many people would have mental health challenges physical challenges was that this is the time to turn all the information into wisdom and to be the embodiment of that wisdom so The yogis talked about this time coming for thousands of years and that it was going to be a time that was going to propel us very quickly, but it's a time where we need to use our own intuition. So instead of being, again, an energetic overload and information overload, we're able to process the energies and we're able to turn the information into wisdom. Mm-hmm. No, that's beautiful. And I, um, you know, obviously very relevant and exactly what, you know, we're going through. And the yogic philosophy talks a lot about the etheric body and our etheric field. And maybe just kind of painting the picture, you mentioned, you know, we know that we have these electromagnetic fields coming off of our heart and that are measured in our brain. And we have other summit speakers talking you know, a lot about that. But in the yogic philosophy, they talk about the etheric body. Can you just paint the picture of what that looks like and what that means for our listeners? 
Of course. So essentially, we all know we have the physical body and in the yogic tradition and many other ancient traditions, even in like Chinese medicine and Taoism and other things, they talked for a long time about how our energy is creating the physical reality. So energy comes first and that creates the transformation within the cells. So the electromagnetic energy field and this etheric field, essentially, according to yogis and yogic science, is that it's the matrix for our physical body. So it connects to our physical body, but it's the energetic field that is what is like the interference between the or the interconnection point between the physical body and the energetic and the etheric body consists of the chakras which we know we have seven main energy centers wheels or what the chakras are called but in our body, we have actually thousands of chakras. We have the seven major in our different chakra points. And then the nadis, which this connects to in Chinese um, medicine, it's more focused on the meridian system. And in yogic science, it's focused on the nadis. And there's many more nadis than there are meridians but essentially this is how life force flows through the body so in like Taoist thinking or Chinese thinking this would be chi energy and then in yogic science it's the life force energy prana or often depicted as the kundalini energy which is the energy of consciousness and the energy of the soul so there's 72,000 rivers or channels through which energy flows in the body and this is how we deliver our chronic energy our life force energy to every muscle to every cell to keep us going so if you've ever even some of you who've seen anatomy pictures of the circulatory system and know how a oxygen molecule pairs up with the blood molecule and then delivers and passes through to bring oxygen to our body. This is what's happening within the etheric body. But if you were to cut the body open, you can find that circulatory system. The nadis are these 72,000 channels which are made of ether, of, of metaphysical or non-physical matter. This is the energetic matrix for our physical body. The nadis, the chakras, and the aura are what consist of the etheric body. And it's these main energetic systems that are propelling forward our physical body, which is really cool. And from the nadis, too, there's three major nadis, which one runs from the crown of your head to the tailbone, and that's the shishuna. And then we have the ida and pingala that spiral from the tailbone to the left and right nostrils. And these are the three major energy channels through which kundalini energy rises. And this age of Aquarius is an age of more and more people awakening to their true inherent energy and life force then that's what this kundalini energy is that some call it the energy of the holy spirit the energy of the divine feminine the energy of the soul 
So when this energy through the yogic science and practices begins to be activated, it's enhancing everything. It's opening through the chakra systems, the aura, and so much more. But it's just so important to note how for thousands of years in so many systems, they talk about energy comes first. Like when someone's dealing with a health issue, it can start in the etheric field. It starts on the energetic level and then moves into the physical level of like a mental or actual physical health issue. So taking care of our energy is more important than ever because the energy is like the blueprint for the physical. Mm-hmm. And that's a wonderful explanation. And we had another speaker on the summit, Harry Massey, who talks about this uh, in our field. The blueprint for a healthy organ is actually in our field. And then the the organ needs that healthy blueprint for the cells to be be healthy. So it's just this other flip on the script, right, that many people don't always think about that our health, a lot of our health or our disease is actually originates in our energetic body and our etheric body. And if people are just kind of their heads are spinning about all these terms, I'm sure you've seen, you know, in the bookstore on Amazon or wherever there's this energetic anatomy coloring book that I actually purchased a long time ago. And it, it, it was really fun because it has the meridians and the nadis and the chakras. So if you really want to get to know this part of our anatomy, I feel like that's a really fun exercise to go through. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's, and to know too, when something's not moving. So it's like in yogic science, that's why we do pranayama, meditation, mantra, postures, relaxation, to get prana, life force energy flowing through the whole body, the energetic body, the physical body, the emotional body, the mental body. And then in other forms too, like for example, the Chinese medicine and even acupuncture, it's like, okay, so chi is blocked, like chi isn't moving in the right direction. So you have a headache, like it's all up and it needs to disseminate. So then they place on these certain points to get that energy, that chi moving and flowing. So it's like when we, there's so many different ways that we can access it, which is so amazing. But when the energy is in flow, which is our natural state of being, then the physical body has the ability to really repair itself. Mm-hmm. And Hillary, so you, you train other healers and yogic teachers and you're a trainer in my understanding. And so what have been some of the maybe most uh, like the simplest tools for if people are listening and they want to get started or experience interacting with their kundalini or interacting with this part of their body? Where, where would one start? That's such a great question. So what I've really found, and one of the things I've been teaching the longest is kundalini yoga. And I can, if you want, even guide everyone through a couple minute meditation too. But these, there's over 4,000 teachings and you can even Google and you can find them for free, like kundalini meditation for anxiety, kundalini meditation for stress, for hormonal imbalances, for too much energy or for not enough energy, adrenal fatigue. And there's so many powerful breathing exercises, simple meditations, and sometimes simple mantras that within like three to five minutes, you can have a powerful shift in your energy. So 
it's a big part of what I teach in all of my trainings and yoga teacher training and everything else that I do. And it, it's such a powerful system because there's literally a teaching for everything and it's accessible for these modern day times where it's like not for ev- not everyone if you have kids and a full-time job and things like that can you meditate for an hour every morning and every evening some can but for some people it's not accessible so finding something you can do and like sometimes some of these practices one to three minutes and you feel your energy shift you feel that return to your natural state of being Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, so many opportunities throughout the day, right, to become disconnected from our, our physical bodies and, you know, grounded, right? And so I, I think that would be really fun if you're up for it, if you had like a one minute kind of example, you know, if anyone's listening, if you're driving, please do not, you know, do this while you're driving. But yeah, I think it would be really fun just to bring the, these ideas to life and an exercise if, you, if you'd like to do that. I'd love that. So this one I teach all the time and it's one of the teachers that I teach offer this all the time too because it's so powerful. It's called the Tattva Meditation to Balance Beyond Stress and Duality, which I find is one of the most important meditations that I still do all the time. The Tattvas are the five elements and in the meditation you bring your hands together. So again, you can pause it but if if you're not driving and you have the accessibility you can do this now so all the fingers come together and you firmly press this so in yogic science a mudra is the pressing of the fingers together here we're pressing all 10 fingers together so the process of doing that is stimulating all five elements and yogi bhajan said that when the five elements are in balance, you will have the strength to thrive through these intense times. It also incorporates an eight-stroke breath, which really activates your parasympathetic nervous system. So what we're going to do is bring the hands to about the level of the heart. So just like this, fingers facing forward, space between all the hands. Close your eyes and lengthen your spine. You can sit in a chair, on the couch, on the floor, cross-legged, however you feel good. And then I want you to gently focus at the tip of your nose. So open your eyes just one-tenth so you can gently gaze towards the tip of your nose. We're going to inhale through the nose in one stroke. Very deep inhale. Inhale even more. And then we're going to exhale in eight equal strokes through the mouth and pull the navel in on each exhale. Nice job. I'll guide you through it the next one. Deep inhale through the nose. Exhale in eight strokes through rounded lips. Pull in your belly on each exhale. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Keep going, inhale through the nose, exhale. Inhale, nose, exhale in eight strokes. We'll do three more, deep inhale through the nose. Count on your own eight stroke exhale.
Last one, deep inhale through the nose. Exhale in eight strokes through the mouth. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then inhale deeply, close your eyes and shake out your hands. Shake it out, feel like you are shaking all of the stress away, letting it go. And then for a moment, place your hands on your heart center and tune into the largest energy field in your body while also focusing on your brow point, knowing that this eight-stroke breath causes the pituitary gland to secrete, activating your intuitive consciousness. Feel into your heart, knowing that the energy of love is the number one protector. And then feel into your wisdom that you are bringing all of this information into wisdom. Deep inhale and exhale. You can gently open it. Thank you. I, I did that along with you. And no, my body immediately feels relaxed. I feel more, you know, grounded, lighter. You know, there's, it, it's an immediate effect, right? Um, so that was really powerful for myself. So, um, and I hope... You know, if you didn't try this, um, please, you know, get to a place where you can be in a, um, a quiet space and try this. But this is, you know, it gives your body an immediate effect. And that's what's so powerful about these um, simple practices, but really effective. And we need them in this day and age. Like we all need to be practicing something to ground us into that energy. And you can find this online, too. It's called the Tatva Meditation for Balancing Beyond Stress and Duality. And the Tatva is T-A-T-T-V-A. And you can find a PDF of it and keep practicing it on your own too. Because anytime that we're feeling like the, the pressure of the times, that's when we need to activate the power of the breath and the power of love. And then we're able to, to see more clearly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's such an important piece because I think when we're all probably, you know, in touch with everything that we're in touch with, you know, we can, you know, get in a negative thought pattern or, you know, see the glass, you know, half, you know, empty rather than half full and just, you know, be in this worry and anxiety state. And I think this is a really powerful place to shift that. And, you know, we need to meet these challenging times and the state of, you know, compassion, love, um, relaxation, rather than matching it with that force of anxiety and stress. I think that's a really important point and sometimes probably overlooked. (laughs) That's actually one of the sutras of the Aquarian age that you just shared too, which is um, understand the times through compassion or you will misunderstand the times. So when we don't see and live from compassion, then we're in that energy of misunderstanding and to also recognize that the other person is you and that we're all having this experience together and we want to rise up together and it's a combination in these times we're in but know that every time we're in challenging times challenge always comes with equal support and opportunity but it's just such an important time to allow yourself that support I was thinking about the challenge in these times of all the EMS and Wi-Fi, and then 
maybe hundreds of years ago living in the jungle and it's like tigers or bears and like you have to take certain precautions to not get trying to hopefully not be eaten by a tiger or bear and then we take certain precautions in this day and age too and really like working with the breath working with mantras and one of the ones I do every day um, when when it's accessible, because I do live in Toronto, so it can be quite cold here, is I stand for 20 minutes with my feet on the grass, bare feet grounding. Um, it just makes such a huge difference. So as much as we're connecting into information and technology, really the main energy access points that we have are Mother Earth and the Sun, Father Sun. And these are the energies that you want to be connecting to. So as much as you can, getting out into nature and plugging into the biggest electromagnetic energy field we have access to, which is Mother Earth, and then receiving the light of Father Son, it just makes such a huge, huge difference. And then you're able to be in the office or things like that too. But it's like just in this day and age, we have to take certain precautions like use the organites and the wearable technology and phone cases and maybe for some people unplugging your wi-fi before you go to bed like doing two minutes of the breath we just did before bed things like this make a really big difference yeah so many great points hillary and the thing that i love about all of these is that you know there's a lot of exciting technologies and with the field of biohacking there's all sorts of different gadgets and tools but you know you don't have to go that route we if you can connect with your you know feet in the ground and the dirt or getting outside and the fresh air and the sun which we all have access to and then breath work you know michael mcavoy who's on the summit he talked a lot about breath work and obviously we did that exercise today but we all have access to our breath and you know and into nature and that's one of the most healing you know forces that we we can connect with so hillary is there anything else on your mind or anything else that you want to just equip our listeners with with knowing you know about the age of aquarius that we're in and just you know your work probably on the front lines of you know doing yogic training and just seeing people, you know, on a regular basis. Is there anything else that's on your heart or your mind that you want to share with us? Thanks for asking. I would love to share that now more than ever, self-care is so important. So find what works for you to take care of your energy. Maybe some, it's like a salt bath once a week or taking a salt bath or maybe others it is meditating, breath work, burning sage, palo santo, smudging, like find the things that work for you and do them every day and be aware this age of Aquarius is the age of awareness, again, where we're bringing information into wisdom. So when you notice like, okay, since I went grocery shopping and then had to go to the drugstore and do this and that after work and you get home feeling a certain way, don't immediately just turn on Netflix. Of course, you can still watch your Netflix, but do something to reset your energy because self-care is the way, like it is the cornerstone to health, to spiritual evolution, to all that we're looking for. So find the things, there's gonna be so many on this summit, whether it's a gadget, a breath, a mantra, grounding, connecting to the earth, find the things that work for you and see if you can do three 
simple things every day. Even if before you step into the office, I'm only giving and receiving the purest, highest vibrations of light today. Or if you're really, you get home and you feel really tired and drained, take an Epsom salt bath, a sea salt bath. There's so many ways that you can care for your energy simply. And there's, there's no way around it in this day and age. Like you have to do it for yourself because if you don't, like it's just leading towards a path of unhealth physically and mentally. It's like we have to keep the strong energetic connection to to source to mother earth to ourselves and focusing on that will really bring you forward in such a beautiful way Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that hillary that's beautiful and really accessible you know to everyone who's listening so i think those are really great tips and um i've really enjoyed this conversation and the exercise you shared with us. And I know that you are doing such beautiful work in the world. And so where can people find out more about you and your trainings? Can you share your websites and how people can find out more about uh, you? Of course. So my website is hillaryfay.com, H-I-L-L-A-R-Y-F-A-Y-E. And I have, yeah, many great things. Like I run yoga teacher trainings, energy healing trainings. And I've also recently put out this offer of a very affordable and accessible ultimate self-care kit where you learn energy clearing, grounding, guided meditations for stress reduction, and so much more. I think you get like 18 things in it. And I think it's a really beautiful um, package for energetic self-care and physical self-care too. So I love hearing from anyone. If you ever have any questions, you can definitely reach out and send me a message on my website too. Well, no, thank you for that. I'm going to check all of that out. And I think those are wonderful, um, you know, resources for everyone out there. And again, I so appreciate your time today and getting to know you. And I appreciate you being on the summit. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Spectrum of Health podcast. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't already done so, please go to Apple or Spotify Podcasts and rate and review the podcast. Each and every review helps others find out about the show. And Dr. Christine just loves to read all the new reviews. So thank you again for listening and have a beautiful day.